On today's episode of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we talk about Christmas songs and I try not to cry. But Frank does. We might cut it out, but just rest assured, he's curled up in a ball crying somewhere right now. It's a cathartic experience and I love it every single Christmas. This is Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures mixtape on Christmas music. So, Bill, being someone who loves emotional songs, I adore Christmas music. One of the things I love so much about it is you'll get about six weeks of Christmas. So you have 46 other weeks where you're not hearing these songs at all. Yeah. And then you're just inundated with Mariah Carey, Brenda Lee, The Pogues, all these big Christmas songs. And it does some really interesting things with the charts and everything. Brenda Lee, 63 years after she recorded and released Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, finally went to number one this year in 2023. That is shocking to me. I know, right? How, I don't even, why, why this year? I have no idea. So did The Pogues not go to number one, but Brenda Lee did? The Pogues still might. I have no idea. Yeah. But even Mariah Carey, Queen of Christmas, and All I Want for Christmas is You is everywhere. And I am not disparaging that song. That song is amazing to me. It only went to number one a couple of years ago, but it was released in the early mid-90s. That's right. And it is kind of the last Christmas classic yes. in the canon. Now, there's so many other Christmas songs out there. And I love finding even obscure Christmas songs, Yeah, adding them to mixtapes, yes. trying to get them down pat. You know this. I have a Depressmas mix. <laughs> I have Christmas Nights mix. I have Christmas Light mix. And I can't get enough of Christmas music. Do you have a Christmas After Dark mix? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Today on Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we're doing something a little bit different. We're putting together a small Christmas mixtape. We're bringing three songs each. We're going to talk very briefly about them. And we know it's coming out right before Christmas and everything. And you might be sick of Christmas songs at this point, but we love them. I listen to them well into January the 2nd. Me too. So I'm starting off with a bit of a high energy song. And it would be 2003's Christmas Time, Don't Let the Bells End by The Darkness. One of the great modern Christmas songs. I know we talked about Mariah Carey. This ought to be a staple on everyone's playlist. This is the best hard-rocking Christmas song that I know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it has everything that the darkness brings to these amazing rock tunes that they have. Justin Hawkins, falsetto voice, hard, crunchy guitars. There's even a children's choir at the end of it. It's, it's really, really fantastic. And it was kind of recorded as a lark. Really? Yeah, it was released in December 15, 2003, kind of as a one-off just for the UK Christmas song special to see what is the best-selling Christmas song of the year. It was odds-on favorite to win, but it only came second, which surprises me. And the track that won was Gary Jewell's and Michael Andrews' cover of Tears for Fears' song Mad World, which isn't even a Christmas song. 
And that's the one from Donnie Darko. Yeah. I've never seen Donnie Darko. Oh, no? Because it sounded too Darko. The type of Darko I like is the darkness. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I can't say enough about this song. We both may have had it on our mixtapes. The darkness is hilarious. One is because they call themselves by a name that totally doesn't represent what they're about. This yeah. is all light to me. Yeah. And when I hear it, it's just bursting with color. And I think that their whole shtick in the early 2000s was very much tongue-in-cheek because they were spandex-clad, heavy metal rockers, and they just gave it. Oh, man. And we have a good friend, Jason Dick. Yes, and I was going to say, this this song is for Jason Dick. This is for you, Jason. Not sure if you're listening, but we know that this sort of embodied everything you love about rock and roll. And Christmas. And Christmas. And so once Jason had heard this song way back in 2004, he signed off every Christmas letter he sent to people with Don't Let the Bells End. Yeah, that's right. And I think we might have been the only people who understood the joke. It's not a joke to him. No, no, no. Oh, it's real. It's real. And he he's lived right. His life. Don't let the bells end. Yeah. So when you listen to this midway through Christmas week, don't let the bells end. And that's the theme of the song is it's a couple that is getting together at Christmas who is kind of distant emotionally and physically for the rest of the year. And it's Justin Hawkins basically character in the song saying, don't let the bells end. I don't want this to end. This is important. This is what Christmas needs to be. Like, I'm loving this time that we are finally able to spend together and I don't want it to come to an end. Frank, when we start with a song this powerful, I feel the pressure's on every other song to match it. So I'm just going to share a couple of my favorite lyrics from the song. So the opening verse, and we're not going to go through all the lyrics of every song, but it starts with feigning joy and surprise at the gifts we despise over mulled wine with you. Feigning joy and surprise at the gifts we despise over It was mold one. I didn't know he said mold one. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, that's so, that's it's, so ridiculous. That's I know. fantastic. Yeah. On the 25th day of the 12th month, the sleigh bells are in time ringing true. How we cling each Noel to that snowflake's hope in hell that it won't end. Don't let the bells end. Christmas time. Just let them ring in peace. I love that. So it's all this doom and gloom, but he still loves that time and he doesn't want it to end. Oh, man. Yeah, that's it. That's I love that. Yeah, it's so pure hearted. Yes. (laughs) That's so good. I'm going to shift over then, if we can, to a song that to me is also bonkers in the same way this is. But it brought me so much joy when I heard it. I couldn't stop playing it. It might have brought some anger to other members of my family. But the guy who wrote this song knew exactly what he was doing. He always knows exactly what he's doing. And sometimes he wants to anger people. Sometimes he actually cares. But this time, I believe he did really care. And it's Bob Dylan's 
must be Santa. Oh, this is crazy. And you have David Hidalgo from Los Lobos playing, I think, the accordion, and okay. it just powers this song. And Bob Dylan is giving it his all, so to speak, for however Bob Dylan does that. Yeah. And he released for the first time, and I don't know how long, a video where you could see him. And he was wearing like a Santa beard or That's right. and yeah, it was yeah. just crazy. And people didn't know what to make of it, but I kind of did. I get it. And he has this deep sense of Christmas and you could hear it in yeah. that album. And so he has the joy of this, but he has other songs. He takes it all seriously and the music is incredible and bonkers. Yeah. He is having so much fun with this song. Let me do a bit of a lyrical analysis. You ready? Okay. Who has a big red cherry nose? Santa has a big red cherry nose. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best you're gonna get from me for analysis. Oh, okay. Who's got a beard that's long and white? Santa's got a beard that's long and white. Who comes round on special night? Santa comes round on special night. Special night, beard that's white. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Santa Claus. I remember singing it in like primary school and shouting it out and i feel like bob dylan gets this yeah when did the song come out this song has to be oh my goodness well let me take a look at the copyright on it the song was written in 1960 okay yeah so this is old yeah yeah but i feel like it never got its due in terms of a big release i'm just looking at wikipedia here on the bob dylan okay version. that's my thing you know that, i know right? i did okay so november 2009 it was released and this was the single. They talked about it as a polka meets klezmer style. I have no idea what that means. But the one guy described the video as bonkers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a, it is. He's swimming in our sort of analysis of music and uh, pop culture, I think. Yeah. But even better, though, is Bob Dylan does something just a little bit different later in the song. Instead of just running through the lyrics, because there's a moment in the song where you just say, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comic, Cubic, and then you start saying all the names of all the reindeer. Yeah. He just starts saying the names of every president of the United States. Oh, serious? <laughs> And so he's kind of doing something. I mean, I th sometimes people might read too much into Bob Dylan, where there's a chance that he's this sort of human chat GPT of music and yeah. just putting things together. But I tend to read more into it. I think he's doing more. And this album's kind of also calling to an American pastime. Yeah. And he wants to honor it and he cherishes it celebrates it and kind of pokes fun at it so yeah. there's a lot going on here the whole album is worth a listen yeah and he gave all the proceeds to the album to like food for the poor oh seriously yeah oh that's cool yeah bob dylan's a good guy he is a good even guy. though when i saw him in concert he sang all of his popular songs in just a different key so no one else could sing along with him he's an interesting cat yes yeah. he's welcome to come join us winchester's always open I'm shifting gears here a little bit from bonkers to something a little more familiar. And it's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, the version that James Taylor does. Oh, yeah. Comfort food here, right? It is so just by the fire, glass of wine. You're sitting there with your family and you're not really even talking. You're just enjoying. 
Yeah, yeah. Right? It's just Christmas and it's it's so comfortable. It's so nice. You have this old sweater on. This is one of the things that I love about Christmas. And outwardly, it doesn't seem like I'm, I'm very super close with my family all the time, but I just love hanging out with them on special holidays and stuff yeah. like that. And we're just enjoying the fact that we're all there together. And that's what this is all about. His version, he only has one verse that he sings and he just sort of muddles through it, as the line would say. He's not rushing. He's just taking his time. It's all about being there in the present and enjoying the day and enjoying Christmas. And Christmas future is far away. Christmas past is past. Christmas present is here today, bringing joy that may last. Christmas future is far away. Christmas past is past. Christmas present is here today, bringing joy that may last. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. And this works as a song that goes in mid-Christmas week, too. Like, keeps going. Yeah. Maybe go for the 12 nights, you know? Like, this can keep going. Yeah. I was listening to it, and I was getting all emotional and sentimental. The way that James Taylor sings this is, like I said, it's just so, so very familiar. There are so many different versions of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It was originally written in 1943. Yeah, The first introduction of the song was in 44 by Judy Garland on Meet Me in St. Louis, which was an MGM musical. And there's Michael Buble, Sam Smith, like everyone's kind of covered this song at one point or another. But like I say, James Taylor, and we've seen him in concert. He just suits this song. The way that he sings it is just so calm and loving. And I referenced the lyric before, but my favorite lyric from this is, I know that in a year we will all be together if the fates allow. Until then, we'll just have to muddle through somehow. There's an anticipation for next year, next Christmas. We're all going to be back together. Everyone Mm -hmm. that we love, our friends, our family. And until then, we'll just have to do life and figure it out but there is that end goal, right? Yeah. Until then, we'll just have to muddle through somehow. And have ourselves a merry little Christmas now. The next one I have is one that's not well known. At least I don't think it is. This song was added to a mix CD that was given to me by a new friend I had in like the late 2000s. His name was Chris Newkirk. And he put this song at the end of one of his mix CDs. So I think, I don't know if Ashley and I had gone over to visit or I was just there. But we trade off mix CDs, which is yes, a great right. yeah. thing you can do with friends back when CDs existed. <laughs> <laughs> they still exist. Yeah, I guess, I don't know if people share playlists or if it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. But he included this song called This Ain't New Jersey. I didn't know it was called that because I didn't have a track listing on it. I just heard this song and I just learned it was called This Ain't New Jersey today. 
but it's by Smith and Burroughs. Also, I didn't know it was Smith and Burroughs till today. I just got lucky and found the song. Oh, wow. But he'd played this. It's a Christmas miracle. It is a Christmas miracle. And this song is so good. And it is about a couple who go to a pub on Christmas Eve and they drink a bit too much. They get into a fight, but it's not one of those fights that leads to the end of a relationship, but it's sort of this sort of chipping fight that couples can kind of do. But perhaps it's kind of like designed to grind sort of thing that you're actually sharpening each other. Mm-hmm. And this poor bartender is stuck. I have no idea what those fights are like. <laughs> <laughs> and this in New Jersey, Father Christmas is coming to town. You throw your drink in my face, throw that look in my direction, and the radio plays on and on. Those same old songs every single year. What ends up happening is they get snowed into this bar, and now the bartender is just driving himself nuts while the two of them are you know, enjoying their time together, but also possibly fighting. It's hard to tell in the song, but yeah. it's so happy. Yeah. And you and I listened to it beforehand. You hadn't heard it before. No, that was my first time. And oh my goodness, it's beautiful. If you haven't listened to it, and please do, it was it was just gorgeous. It's getting yeah. on some lists for me. For oh sure. my goodness. And there's a line when I love this because it references old songs and old movies yeah. and it, it knows its place in the canon, so to speak, that it's outside of it, but is referencing back. As they're sitting in the bar, he says, the floorboards of the pub ain't just buckled with our love, because when we fight, I love you more. Like your favorite film, It's a Wonderful Life. You've seen it a hundred times, but you don't get bored. You don't get bored. The floorboards of the pub ain't just buckled with our love, because when we fight, I love you more. Like your favorite film, it's a wonderful life. You've seen it a hundred times, but you don't get bored. You don't get bored. You don't get And that whole sentiment captures everything. Yeah. Same old songs at the bar, yelling kind of at each other, but they're not in this major fight. And the repetition of things, like you said, things continuing through every year. Yeah. Watching your favorite movie, listening to your favorite song, sitting by the fire, having the mulled wine like the darkness had. Yeah. And just continuing this cycle, like the seasons. Christmas embodies this. And this is why I love it. The whole time, right up to New Year's and past. It's something that's very comfortable, but not comfortable in a boring way. There's a sentiment and a very particular place that Christmas holds in your heart, right? Yeah. That's good, Frank. Let it out. Let Cry it out. like a baby. <laughs> Cry like a baby. Well, I think I might be crying for my next song. Oh, well, let's hear it. So the third song that I'm bringing to the table on Bill and Frank's special Christmas mixtape is Christmas Time is Here, the version that A Fine Frenzy does. And if you haven't heard this song, it is heartbreakingly beautiful. Now, this song was originally released 
as part of A Charlie Brown Christmas, written by Vince Guaraldi and Lee Mendelson. And I have to say that the Vince Guaraldi album for A Charlie Brown Christmas is an amazing piece of work. It is beautiful. It's a great, great album. And there are so many different versions of this song as well. And I mentioned uh, Megan Smith's version on our mixtape for Boney M, which is the exact opposite direction that this one takes. But this version, A Fine Frenzy Does, it's impossible not to want to curl up in a blanket and just watch the snow fall outside and just be silent listening to this thing. It is so, so good and so beautiful. When you curl up, you'll have some sort of heater near you. Like you're not trying to like, you know, go to the next realm. No, 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 absolutely. It's this version of the song. It makes you feel okay to be alone and just listen to this. It envelops you. The way it moves, it's orchestral. It's just so amazing. And it's from her album, Oh Blue Christmas, which came out in 2009. And that whole album is really, really good. I think it, well, it's just six songs, six uh, Christmas songs. And it's just so emotive and beautiful. There's a comfort to it. That's something that I love about Christmas is how it makes you feel. There's a comfort that surrounds it with being around friends, family, and these songs. And I'm just going to bring up my favorite part of the song. She goes through her first two verses, and then there's a musical interlude before she hits the third verse. But halfway through that musical interlude, and it's orchestral and beautiful and moving and sweeping, there's a string section that comes in. And just the way that the strings are played. It's made to sound like, and I'm being as reverent as I can here, and I'm working so hard not to say resemble, but it sounds like sleigh bells with the strings in the orchestra. It's just beautiful. It really, really is. And I believe you mentioned that it's all a minor piece. I like to believe that it is. I think that it is. I'm not sure because I know nothing about music. Well, I I know this, that if the song is popular enough, then they can start playing in major keys. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. You, uh, you stopped me from crying, so I appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. that. I, yeah, you were getting close there. Oh my goodness. It's such an emotional, beautiful song. It, it's impossible for me not to hear it and not tear up a little bit. That's it. Well, you are the emotional one of the two yeah. of us. I'm the tough one. That's why you wear a leather jacket all the time. I apologize. It sounds like it could be a bit of a downer song. Listen to the lyrics, though. The lyrics are all very positive, but just beautiful, 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 beautiful song. All right. And now that leads me to my last choice, which is a beautiful, beautiful song that most likely a lot of our listeners haven't heard of. Oh, probably not. No. We spend a lot of time talking about our buddy, Chris Newkirk. Yes. Deservedly so. Yeah. He wrote the lyrics to this song. And the song is sung by and featured on Ian McGlynn's Christmas EP. There are two of our listeners who know what song this is. Okay. Other than us. Right. Now, Ian McGlynn does our theme music. Yeah. And so, this EP is called, cleverly, North Pole Vault. Okay. I I like it. I like that. I like it a lot. And the song is called, Our Favorite Christmas Movie. And we're just going to play a bit of it here.
So there's this sense that you're snowed in and that there's this repetition too. It'll be like last year. It'll be like next year. We'll repeat it again and again and watch our favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. And that sort of goes back to the whole have yourself a merry little Christmas, Mm -hmm. right? Like it is something it's happening every year. There's a familiarity and there's an anticipation looking forward to that familiarity. This is Chris writing in New Jersey. Ian is in Minnesota. So both of them understand the cold. Yeah. And that idea that cold brings you together with others. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Cold brings you inside together. Cold brings you by the fire. But we live in modern times. You watch the same movies every year and they don't get old, right? And you do it again and again because there's something new that comes out of it. And if it's a really good Christmas movie, it's worth watching again and again. Yes, absolutely. Like Die Hard. I was just going to ask you, so what is your favorite Christmas movie? I have a couple of go-tos that I watch every single year. Yep. I like this even better. What's your go-to? So favorite puts so much pressure on it. What's your go-to? I watch Scrooged every year with Bill Murray. Okay. I I love that movie. It's late 80s. It's like peak Bill Murray. There's amazing physical comedy to it. And it's obviously a modern take on the Christmas Carol. I watch that every year. I love it. That's probably my go-to movie. But I think my favorite Christmas movie, and it does fall into that diehard sort of genre where it takes place at Christmas, but it's not an overtly Christmas movie, is a movie called Millions by Danny Boyle. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's a good movie and a very odd movie. It's odd, but it's so beautiful as well. It's emotional, which is what I'm all about. I don't, um, don't want to be there while you're crying yeah. watching them in their cardboard box, <laughs> <laughs> like spaceship or whatever that is. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, please do. It takes place around Christmas in this sort of fictional time when England's getting rid of the pound and switching over to the euro. Long story short, there's influx of cash that these kids have. One of them is trying to do the right thing. The other one is you know, trying to spend, but It is a very, very beautiful movie. It's my favorite Danny Boyle movie. By a lot, I think. Yeah. My favorite Christmas movie, which I almost want to say has to be everyone's favorite Christmas movie, but I'm trying not to be, what's the word? It's not judgmental. It's discerning, but I try not to be that. Is A Christmas Carol, named in the States, but in England, to me bizarrely, named Scrooge. Yes. Without the D in the end. Yeah. Scrooge. Yeah. With Alistair Sim. From 1951. Oh, And yeah. it is oh, okay. one of the most perfect film experiences. It is my favorite movie of all time. I love every moment of it. I love everything about it. Okay, no. I don't like the moment when Scrooge's ex-girlfriend cries because he broke up with her. Yeah. And it's really bad acting. But other than that, everything else in the movie is perfect. Everything about it. Yeah. And it's got a very German expressionist feel. I learned that in my OAC film project. Explain to me the German expressionist feel. Well, Frank, they use shadows. And so it kind of gives you this feel of dread when you see shadows on the wall. And there's a spookiness to it. Yeah, okay. That uh, There's a movie called Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. No, you haven't seen it, but... uh, There's a movie called Cabin Boy that I love. I know you've (laughs) seen that. Yeah. So anyways, I'm trying my best to act highfalutin. However, this movie is so perfect because it's still a ghost story and it honors the spookiness of Christmas. Yeah. And I like spooky Christmas a lot. And I feel yeah. the Christmas story has a spookiness to it that I love so much. So I'm not a big Santa person. Even in our household, 
Elijah doesn't really talk much about Santa. He knows who Jacob Marley is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> which might not be healthy for a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> he knows who ghosts are. But yeah, he also Santa. knows who the Rat King is from the Nutcracker, and oh, we try okay. to kill it every night in different stories. Yeah. Ashley's concerned. <laughs> okay, back to this. Scrooge is so good. Do you think that the love of these spooky kind of Christmas stories is what drives these really sort of somber sounding Christmas songs? For sure. There's something about the somber songs that speak deeply. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but like a sad sounding Christmas song, and I know Christmas is supposed to be a fun, joyful time, but there is something cathartic about listening to these songs, wrapping yourself up in a blanket and just having a good cry on your on your, on your couch. Am I wrong? No, no, no. That's good. I want to talk more about Christmas movies. Okay. I love the movie Going My Way with Ben Crosby. And I think I know is, that one. It's so good. Listeners, if you know of a movie called Bells of St. Mary's with Ingrid Bergman, yeah. this one is the prequel. It came out earlier. So Bells of St. Mary's later. But Going My Way won Best Picture. It's like in the, uh, I don't know, it was 1944, 43, or 41, okay, somewhere yeah, yeah. around there. It won Best Picture. Ben Crosby won Best Actor. And then the guy who played his like partner priest there won Best Supporting Actor. Oh, okay. Either one could have won whatever award. Yeah. It is such a good movie. I've watched it so many times. I love it. And it's a really nice Christmas movie. He's got the song, uh, Would You Like to Swing on a Star? Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's okay. in there. And Big Cross beams home in a <laughs> yeah. And he said, "I won Best Actor because all the other people were out fighting in the war." Also, <laughs> it is so good, but it also is like Americana Christmas. Yeah, highly recommended. Do you have another Christmas movie, Frank? What about Die Hard Two or Die Hard? You gave Die Hard. Oh. Die Hard Two is a Christmas movie. That's true. It's not good, but it's great. But National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation yeah. it has to be mentioned. Yeah, no question. There's so many quotable lines for me. Yeah, no, that, that, that's true. What do you think of Lethal Weapon 1 as a Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> Falls into the same sort of uh, category as Die Hard, doesn't it? Yeah, they. I think they play Christmas music at the beginning yeah. when she jumps off the building and yeah. then again at the end when Riggs comes back. Yeah. Spoiler alert, he survives. Yeah. Well, I guess Lethal Weapon 2, 3, 4 and the upcoming 5 also spoil that. Because he's in them all. Do you think they could make a Hallmark movie that centers around Christmas? Yeah, they called it Batman Returns, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, Merry Christmas, Frank. Merry Christmas, Bill. This has been a fun experience. Just yeah. talking about these great Christmas songs, these great Christmas movies. So we want to thank all of our listeners for spending time with us, enjoying our favorite Christmas songs. And we want to wish everyone out there happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. Well said, Frank. And... I just want to say something quickly that the idea of the Christmas mixtape wasn't a thing for me until a teacher at my dad's school started handing out these Christmas mixtapes. His name is Tom Meisner, and he was a guy who I saw at Starbucks every time I went to buy a coffee. And after he retired, he was always there reading a giant novel. It's usually like Dostoevsky or Tolstoy. And he sat there and he looked almost like Kris Kringle to me. And he had joy. He always loved to listen to people. And he passed away earlier this year. And he was one of the kindest people I knew. And I want to dedicate this to Tom Meisner. Merry Christmas to you, Tom. And we wish you well on the journey you're taking to the other realm. And uh, happy Christmas, Frank. Happy Christmas, Bill.